Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thinking Aloud About Film. This is our 42nd Youssef Shaheen uh, podcast. It's one of several that we've been doing around context for his work. This is uh, Omar Gatlato, uh, a 1976 Algerian film uh, directed by Mirzak Alouash. Uh, and Richard, tell us the reason why we're looking at this film. So yeah, we're, we're letting ourselves be guided by, by Youssef Shaheen here, because um, as we mentioned last week, Mubi published a 1978 interview with Shaheen, translated by, by Asen Koshbak. Um, and Shaheen made a few recommendations of films that people should see. And we've been able to track a, couple, a few of those down, well, two of them down so far, and, and this is the first one. So this is this is kind of Youssef Shaheen Film Club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so can you tell us a little bit the story about Omar Gatlato? Yeah, it's kind of, so the, the, the title, translation of the title is something like Machismo, It Kills Me. And, uh, and that's essentially, and it, it, this is the guy's name. So it's about this young man who is a bit of a kind of Algerian, Jack the Lad type figure, I guess you could say. He talks to the camera a lot about his life, and uh, then you you kind of just see his everyday life and him in his slightly scammy job, and and you know going out with his friends and trying to pick up women and um, taping show tunes on his tape recorder, <laughs> um, and live and living in this very crowded flat with his with his family. So it's kind of like he's he he he's got this posturing and machismo, but he actually lives with his mother. I have a feeling I like this more than you. Am I right in thinking that? <laughs> I quite enjoyed it. I mean, it was a really bad print we watched, which never helps. So, you know, um, I I found it, it, it was interesting, I think, seeing the, I think, from like, like from a social history point of view, I think seeing Algeria, or Algiers at, at, at that time, you know, sort of like, what, 20 years after the War of Independence, um, yes. seeing the the attitudes, to the, you know, the, 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 the sexual politics were, were interesting and it, it was it was a, you know it was interesting I mean, essentially basically watching a, an Algerian comedy essentially is, is, is what well um, I, I I had a, a bit of time uh, you know whilst waiting for our time for the podcast uh, to arrive you know I did a little bit of a search around uh, the internet and it turns out this is one of the most beloved Algerian films of all time, yeah, kind of. Right, you, know, you look right. at Letterbox. I mean, people adore this film. Uh, it symbolizes a period. Uh, you know, the period is a fascinating one because it's between it's fourteen years after uh, Algeria Algeria won the War of Independence against France, right? And it's just before the beginning of what they called the Black Decade of the nineteen nineties. So. And I'm reading this now. It's uh, in December 1991, the ruling government canceled national elections when it became clear that the Islamic Salvation Front, the FIS, would carry the popular vote. In the aftermath of this decision, the military took over the government, banning the FIS and arresting its members. Uh, but a violent Islamist coalition movement emerged in its place. The various groups that comprised this movement targeted journalists, theater producers, writers, artists, and professors specifically, but they also massacred entire villages. Unveiled and professional women were shot in public, and tens of thousands of people thought to be collaborating with either the military or the militia were disappeared. Because it was often a case of violence perpetrated between neighbors, people who knew one another, the effects of the conflict 
chilled all forms of shared experience. People stayed home, locked themselves into the space of the family behind reinforced metal doors. The infrastructures of cinema, music and art atrophied. So, in, yeah, in between these two periods, you can see the value of this film. Yeah, because, you know, to me, it really uh, evoked, uh, well, first of all, a kind of a youthful uh, freshness, right? It's a first film, I, yeah? And, and you can kind of tell it's experimenting with form, right? At the very beginning, I think the, almost the first line of the film is uh, saying this is real but it's not a documentary right you know and you you begin with uh, with the hero with Omar Gatlato uh, 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 played by Bualem Benani yeah and he directly addresses the camera you know tells you where he's living how he's living why he's living there his father died he lives with his mother his sister's divorced and has moved in with all the children the grandfather's living with them and they're doing this all in two really crowded rooms right you really get a flavor so it's not a documentary. On the other hand, a lot of it is shot on location, yeah. Uh, and you really get a flavor for Algiers, yeah, in this particular neighborhood where they live and this way of life, right? So it's clearly, you know, a very evocative documentary or document of its time. Yeah, I can, I can. Yeah, yeah. I can, and I imagine perhaps the, the the appeal of it for it in Algeria is 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 perhaps similar to some of the uh, the film Farsi films from, from Iran, where effectively a very popular film, but then fairly soon after it was made, it then became impossible to see it, I guess. Yes. Um, so, In fact, and, and, and it, evokes, it evokes a kind of world. Because when I was watching it, you were thinking, yeah, this is quite a sort of, you know, you, they're doing the same stuff that, that you know, at the same time, a, you know, a, tw a 20-something guy in the UK or America, whatever, would be, do would be doing, just, you know, going around scamming people and trying to pick up girls you know um. but so differently i mean you know i think you'd have to be very poor in the uk in the 1970s uh to you know live in two rooms with your grandfather your mother your divorced sister and however many children she has where you know where he says basically she pops one a year yeah <laughs> also uh i think no british man that I can think of in that period would take on that responsibility. Whereas, you know, there's a clear kind of cultural difference in that, you know, this young man feels obliged to kind of work and support, you know, this whole extended family, right? It's, it's kind of his obligation. So part of the sense where he feels trapped, yeah, and kind of, you know, so this idea of, you know, what a virile man, macho man is that he tries to live up to. And then, of course, his whole conditions of existence kind of contradict that. And one is that he's, he's trapped, not even having access to his own money or to most of his own money, you know, because he's, he's obliged to support, you know, this whole extended family through bonds, you know, that are kind of, you know, not of his doing. Yeah, it's not... Yeah, it's not, yeah. I and this is, I think this is one of the interesting things about the film is that he, you, you, he's addressing the camera directly and telling you all about his life. But what he's telling you about his life is not really what you see happening, that he's kind of he's got this front of it being this very kind of Jack the Lad type existence. But as you say, really, he's trying to support this, this family. And, you know, his one kind of joy is his 
tape recorder that he walks around with trying to take music, um, which then gets stolen. And, you know, and it's, yeah, I, I mean, I found that very interesting, the kind of taping the show tunes. Yes, and, I felt. Shaping the, the, uh, the, 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 you know, going to a cinema and essentially taping the songs in the cinema. Yes. was uh, really interesting. Yes, I thought, you know, uh, I thought of posting that, actually, because it makes you realise that that kind of pirating, you know, which I kind of approve of, yeah, it's not, I don't consider it stealing in the sense, you know, it's getting access to culture by people who don't have access to it. Yeah, and then, you know, and and being made to feel alive by that culture, right? And you could see how, you know, his taping of, you know, uh, songs in the movie theater itself is a way of reliving those experiences and having access to them. And, and he talks about uh, taping, he's, he's got, because he's got this little cupboard full of his, cassette tapes and he talks about taping weddings i assume he means like the, the dances at the wedding or something. perhaps but perhaps even more than that i mean i i also remember doing that in the 70s because <laughs> you know at a time when most people didn't have access to cameras yeah much less videos or whatever you know uh tape recording was a cheap way of actually recording an occasion for posterity yeah yeah and i mean and i i mean i certainly remember as a you know again in that, in that same at that same time i'd be sitting at home and you know the top 40 had come on radio and you'd be pressing record when the song you like come on and trying to avoid the the other ones <laughs> the, 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 avoid the other ones and avoid the disc jockey who's now you know the subsequently disgraced disc jockey probably <laughs> 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 uh, but you know you, uh, so so actually again that's what i mean about this sort of some of the stuff he's doing is the same stuff that people any, anywhere would have been doing, and, and, and that was quite interesting. What was it? Was it Mother India that they go and see in the cinema? I was trying to work out what the I, film was. I, I'm not sure. I couldn't tell. I think it was. But they, there's a, but again, talking of piracy, there's a lengthy sequence where they're in the cinema and they just, and this this film just films whatever the film is that's being projected. Um, but again, it's, a, it's they, they talk about it being a Hindi film and, and uh, that, that, that everyone gets very excited when these films appear because of the songs so yeah i found the film very uh endearing yeah because it's about ordinary people about kind of good people really trapped by circumstances and nonetheless finding joy and meaning in everyday things like so so you get a sense of how important his tape recorder is how important going to the movies is you know how the women you know talk about the soap operas yeah, on television, you know, and the men go to the football. So it's a very gendered society, which is, you know, explains the dilemma and the plots and so on. It's also a society in which there is um, no rule of law. People can't rely on being safe. Yeah, there's a lot of pickpockets. We see two instances of crime. Yeah, quite bloody. And, they're, you know, they're, they're crime that preys on the most vulnerable. Uh, to uh, extract, you know, financial gain, right? Uh, and the and the job he's doing, I mean, it's, it seems to be some kind of scam. Is the I didn't get that uh, feeling, though. I could be wrong. I thought he I thought he was basically kind of working for the government. Yeah, I thought it was he was working for a fraud, a government fraud agency. Yeah, I think he he was, but I think they were they seem to be committing it rather than stopping it. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, what I got out of that is that you have all these highly intelligent people just wasting time. Yeah. Yeah. On, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, uh, so you do get a sense that it's a sinecure. You know, it's a job that maybe they got from knowing somebody who knows somebody, who knows, but they have other talents that are not being used at all, and they barely do anything. You know, in the office. 
uh, but that nonetheless, kind of keeping that job is essential because the whole family's well-being depends on it, right? Another segment I really liked is the when they go to the, the kind of variety shows, kind of yes. a bit like, you know, Algeria's Got Talent yes. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, part of the fun of going to those things is really like the audience's uh, criticisms or interactions with the performers where you feel kind of sorry for the performers because there's no pleasing that audience either. You get that in Spain at the bullfights as well. Like, you know, in provincial bullfights, like the only fight, you're not seeing any art, right? And you're, and, you know, you're not seeing much killing either. So the only, uh, you know, entertainment there is just like, hey, fatso, <laughs> you've got to change your pants. <laughs> that kind of commentary, which is what we see uh, in the film. So I found it all kind of, you know, really quite endearing and appealing and a document and I could really see why Shaheen picked it out as, you know, something that he liked, because I think it does a lot of what Shaheen films do. Exactly. And it's interesting because you know, he's not saying in the interview, you know, this is the best film we've ever seen. But essentially, he's saying he, well, what yeah, he's asked, you know, something like, you know, what? what other Arab cinema should people be watching? And he and this is 1978. So he's just talking about he, he mentions two or three films that have you know, come out in the last two or three years. Um, so that, which, so, so it's kind of interesting to see, you know, this is what Shaheen was watching in the mid seventies, you know. Um, could you explain the ending to me a little bit? Because I think I blinked, you know, a bit and I didn't quite understand it. So if you can tell us the plot to that point and then explain that bit to me. I, uh, uh, I think I kind of lost focus a bit as well. So I'm not quite sure because okay. he, he, he's pursuing a woman who he heard, he's heard on a tape yeah. recording. He's heard a voice uh, and it's yeah. a very poetic voice about a woman, you know, seemingly a married woman. Yeah. Because she talks about children, but basically, you know, speaking of her loneliness as well. Right. And so underlying this macho, you know, thing, is really a kind of a romanticism, right? So every day he walks by this woman in the balcony, doesn't know how to talk to her. He doesn't know whether he should see her or, you know, wait to be noticed, right? Yeah, but he doesn't want to ruin what the fantasy that this woman represents for him or the opportunity of meeting him, but he doesn't really know what to do. And then he discovers this tape, and this is another woman, right? And so his friend, who's got him the tape recorder in the black market, offers to present him to her. So, you know, he gets all dressed up and he combs his hair and, you know, he makes an appointment with her. Yeah. And he has this fantasy of meeting her. Yeah. Where the camera does a 360 around the couple in the most romantic way. But you realize actually that that's just what he hoped would happen. In fact, what happens is that he can't go through with it. It was my reading. of it. And that does tie in with the whole tone of the film that this is him you know, essentially appearing highly confident and bragging about what he does and what he's going to do. And then he, then he's not able to do it. I mean, that, and then he presumably just goes back to the, the flat with his mother and his sister and 10 kids and, and uh, carries on changing nappies. So I, um, I thought that this is a film that I can understand Shaheen liking because it's a film that combines both, um, you know, individual wants and desires and, you know, it is kind of, um, you know, about people living in an impossible situation, right? But on the other hand, it's also a film that is a kind of, uh, a, that documents the culture even as it, as it critiques it, yeah? 
So, you know, um, it's a film in which social issues are at the forefront, yeah? This is a generation of young men, presumably, you know, the first generation maybe that, you know, hadn't had to go to war or didn't fight in the war, or, right? And yet they're entirely restricted. You know, it's a developing economy. You know, they have all of these obligations. You know, men and women are very separated, right? Um, you know, and it's, it's quite a... Um, yeah, and, and it's quite an unsafe culture. So all those issues are brought up. And, and plus the fact that, the, you know, the, the reason, as he says at the beginning, the reason for the living conditions are all related to the war, you know, because the, they, had, they had bigger properties, but the, you know, so many places were bombed. So, and, the, and you know, you, you look at the, the environment and the state of the buildings and there clearly hasn't been money to, to, you know, repair or improve these buildings. And so you sort of see these quite, you know, it's not just that family that's in an overcrowded flat. You know, all the families are in overcrowded flats, we assume. And that this is as a result of the of the, the the lengthy war, and then this is you know these are conditions that then lead to presumably future problems. Yes. So, yeah. uh, I also liked the kind of experimentation with form, you know, uh, the combination of direct address uh, to the camera uh, by uh, Omar, you know, and then this very mobile camera on the street, kind of showing you his rituals and what he does, and there's an effervescence to those things. You know, there's an effervescence to the way that, you know, the habit of going to cinema is filmed, the habit of going to the football or the ritual of going to the football, right? And what it means to these people and also how they live them, you know, that they sneak in food or, you know, that they smoke. Yeah, you really get a sense of what life was like, yeah? Yeah, and, and they, you know, you know, he's he's sitting there, everyone else is smoking and he's there with his this massive tape recorder. I mean, it's not like you walk in with your iPhone and you just hide it in your pocket and record. He's got this, this big tape recorder and a microphone. <laughs> yes. What did you make of the pickpocketing scene? Um, so Omar goes to get on the bus. There are pickpockets at work. He looks out the window so no one mistakes him for being the pickpocket because anybody could be, right? Uh, and then a woman goes on a, di a diatribe about how you know, there are no real men left in Algiers because, you know, poor defenseless women are kind of robbed. I thought it was worth pointing out because it highlighted, you know, the poor conditions of transport, yeah, the poverty, also the vulnerability to people who are not being protected by social structures, such as the police or the state. Yeah, that kind of, it feels like a free-for-all. Because yeah, because yeah, every, every crowd scene, he'd basically be saying, oh, and here's another pickpocket. Yes. It's sort of, you know, it's just happening everywhere. Yes. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, I loved uh, the, the way that the film makes uh, cinema central, but actually the film makes a distinction and a very interesting distinction in the light of literature on the two media between uh, cinema as a male activity and television, and particularly watching soap operas on television, as a female activity. Yeah, women are at home watching soap operas. Men go out in the public sphere. Yeah, and in the cinema. So I thought uh, that was that was interesting. Um, I also thought that the the way the film undercut, you know, the machismo, which, you know, so it found the character. I mean, the character. I think it's meant to be endearing. Yeah, yeah, but the film kind of undercuts his assumptions and lets us know that his suffering, yeah, his inability to 
live his idea of himself is because the structures of the culture don't permit him. Yeah, it's not an individual lack. It's actually a, a desire, you know, for things that, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's no way of fulfilling them in that culture because the structures need to be different before they can be fulfilled. Yeah. Um, so I, th I thought all of that was, was brilliant. Um, and I came across an art exhibition, uh, which is, was at the, at the Wallach uh, Art Gallery. Uh, and it was called Waiting for Omar Gatlato. And it was um, a kind of a survey of 25 uh, Algerian artists using the film as a, a start-off point or as a reference point yeah, to kind of speak about art and culture uh, in Algiers. So, you know, that speaks to the centrality. Yeah, of, absolutely. It's clearly a, a, key, a key film. Yeah, in that culture. Uh, I think uh, that's all I have to say about it. Is there anything that you want to add? No, I think that's that's it. I say it was very very interesting to to see this film, and we'd like to thank Yusuf Shaheen for the recommendation. <laughs> I think I think also that this is and thank Asan for making that Yusuf Shaheen yes yeah yeah interview accessible, and also you know this is a, a film that I think Asan himself would find fascinating because it jibes so interestingly with his own work uh, on Iranian uh, cinema. So uh, that's it for now. Thank you all very much for listening. This has been uh, the 42nd uh, Youssef Shaheen uh, podcast. We are thinking aloud about film. I'm Jose. I'm Richard. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs> Bye.